What's going on, coaches? We'll have a new episode of Talking Ball up here in just the next week or so. Uh, the guys from Cedar Hill came down, uh, came up, I guess, here to Oklahoma, visited with me. Uh, we talked all a bunch of run game, pass protection stuff. That'll all be in uh, at the dojo. That'll all be in Talking Ball. Uh, and again, that's one of our series on RTP Premium. RTP Premium just costs $10 a month, uh, and we've got six different series. We upload new episodes monthly. And so uh, it's kind of like a Hulu uh, for, for football coaches is what we, we try to make for you guys. So you can find all those videos on RTP Premium. You guys can find all of our merchandise, all of our free podcast episodes, and everything else we're doing all at our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game-changer for us if you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Ryan Clanton. Coach Clanton is the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Listen as we talk with Coach Clanton about his unique journey from Juco Ball to play at the University of Oregon. We also talk about his philosophy on developing and recruiting great offensive linemen and some of the core principles for how UNI runs the football and protects the passer. You can follow Coach Clanton on Twitter, at Ryan Clanton. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, no, I appreciate being on. Um, well, I'm from, my name is Ryan Clayton. I'm offensive line coach, run game coordinator at University of Northern Iowa. Um, as a player, I played uh, high school football in Central California and, uh, you know, uh, didn't didn't really play until later in my career, uh, you know, as a, as a young uh, player. And uh, kind of started really playing as a junior in high school. And then, um, got really big and enjoyed it, loved it, uh, loved the, you know, the brotherhood and kind of just, you know, ha having, you know, more than, more than, it's almost like you have, uh, I never had any brothers, I had two little sisters and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just loved having, you know, being around the guys and, 
developing those relationships. And then um, got the opportunity to basically uh, didn't have any other opportunities. Uh, went to junior college and, uh, you know, I was probably about six, five, you know, three, 15 ish. I wasn't, I didn't have good weight. Uh, I didn't really know how to put on weight. Uh, I just thought being as big as possible was the best. So I was just, you know, a big kid, wasn't that strong, loved the weight room, but didn't really know how to lift either. And um, so I saw that up north, I went to junior college up in San Francisco, um, pretty far away from my hometown. And, um, you know, just went up there and me and my best friend uh, basically lived in a garage um, and uh, kind of shaped us into who we are today. He's a very successful uh, businessman in the fitness industry and then obviously me doing coaching. But um, so that kind of mindset, you know, being in the garage for that uh, time period really, uh, you know, I remember my parents never forget when they drove off. I mean, literally they just drove off and my mom bought me a couple of gallons of milk and she was just like, I think she was crying. My dad was like, you're crazy. He told me that was not very smart of me to do. And, uh, you know, basically good luck. And, uh, so we were in there and just kind of fighting, fighting for, you know, our dream and, uh, just committed myself to the weight room, lifted, uh, twice a day, strict, strict, strict diet, extremely strict diet, bodybuilder type diet, um, transformed my body. Um, the proper use of supplementation was big for me. Uh, you know, your whey protein and things like that. And, uh, just did it the right way and put on good mass, lost a lot of fat and then, uh, turned out had a really good JUCO career. And then coach Greatwood, um, at the university of Oregon was recruiting me. And I just really liked, you know, coach Greatwood and, and, uh, he's retired now, but big mentor in my life and chose to go up there and, and play and, uh, had a heck of a college, uh, career up there with, with all those guys. And, Loved every bit of it and then uh, got a couple opportunities afterwards. But, you know, true passion is kind of developing, you know, players and, and uh, you know, just kind of that, that aspect of coaching. And uh, so that's kind of where, you know, I, I knew from right after I was done that, I, you know, coaching was for me. So kind of got into that path and just started at Mold High School coaching and then uh, got an opportunity to coach junior college football. Um, help those guys out because it's kind of what saved me and got me, uh, made me into who I am today and give those guys the opportunity and love that. Built a, built a brand there, built a, uh, um, you know, had the opportunity to coach a lot of extremely talented players. And uh, then, uh, you know, obviously Coach Farley uh, found me and uh, offered me the spot. So it's been a pretty cool road, a lot different road. There's a lot of twists and turns I left out of that story. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, I think that everyone's path kind of defines them. Some people maybe more or less, but I'm really just uh, grateful for my path. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like what wakes me up in the morning and just want to be the best aligned coach I can be, uh, for not only just myself, you know, career wise, but for, for it's a hundred percent, to be honest with you, for the players, I tell people all the time, it's the best job in the world, not even close. Um, you know, I worked in corporate America and, worked for some big companies and did some things uh, with a business degree that I had and uh, nothing made me happier than coaching football. So kind of where I'm at today, blessed, 100% blessed. That's, uh, like, like I said, I knew, I knew you kind of had that, that uh, interesting, awesome story. So uh, I was excited for you to tell it. 
Um, but also, uh, you know, you work through that, live out of a, of a garage and, and then make it up to Oregon. And, and now you're a coach, but I, I would assume during that time, that was kind of like the Oregon at a, at its prime. I mean, that's when, when everyone wanted to be associated with Oregon at that time and, and kind of what was going on with that offense, you got to be an offensive lineman through it. it is, is any of the things that you brought, you know, from Oregon, is, has that stayed with you uh, as far as your coaching philosophy? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the culture, you know, if you even if you just looked at the the coaches that were on staff those years that I was there, um, you know, you're you're seeing there's big big name uh, guys, but at the same time, you know, all those guys, they really like, you know, were more than just coaches to us because what the the thing I liked most about that place when I was playing there was, they you know, Coach Kelly um, built a brand, and it really kind of like stuck with me personally and kind of all of us but we we knew you know basically like it was more than just about us playing like we knew the culture of the program we knew the history we knew you know why we did the things we did um you know the, the traditions they were explained to us in detail it was more of a it's a more of an us than a me or an i and it could and sometimes in programs that can become a big problem as we all know you know is the, the B guys and uh you know short off as a lineman usually it's pretty you know none of I don't think there's a ton of old linemen that are me guys and right. if you're at this level you, you had those obviously uh you know it's kind of the the code but um I think that you know there was a brand they built and uh we all just bought in and it was for me in my opinion it was the coaches I mean it was all those guys we were surrounded by every day that made us better. So I learned a lot from that system, not just even like X's and O's, but how to treat people, you know, how to develop uh, coach fairly, you know, they're very fair the way they coached us uh, best five play on the old line, things like that. That's kind of what really what attracted me to that program from the start was the honesty. And uh, you know, that's kind of what they live by even when I got there. So I loved it. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching Oregon. I was still in college um, at, at Houston, and they showed us some some Oregon film. And I, I tell you, the the one thing that always stood out to me was it was unbelievable. It seemed like how big your guys' wide receivers and tight ends were, and they were just killing people in the run game. It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, those guys were. Well, Coach Frost was our receivers coach when I was there, and you see him walking around, and he looks like he could still play linebacker. You know, and you're kind of looking at him like, man, I hate to get blocked by that guy. And then the receiver's looking at him like, yeah, man, hey, you want to play? You know, this is what you got to do to play. And we had some receivers going in there, you know, some push cracks and just springing runs for us that were, I mean, all those running backs we had at the time, you know, you just need to give those guys a step and they were gone. So those receivers were sticking their face in there and blocking. Tight ends were, I mean, our tight ends were put, a lot of people think, oh, you played skill position Oregon you must be fast this and that but those guys were in there grinding I mean they were tough they were there's some highlight tape blocks that made the old lineman proud and it's always fun because you know old lineman we love to see that we like to see skill guys get after it and stick the nose in there and it kind of brings it's like hey man we all got to do our part you see someone you know you're blocking inside zone and you see a receivers uh ex receiver come in from out of nowhere and take out that safety you know and you're like man it's kind of that motivation it's almost like things are flying around and you're just kind of in the zone, but you see it, you know, and you feel it and you feel their energy. And, um, you know, that, that they definitely did a heck of a job. 
Coach, you mentioned, you know, Coach Greatwood, and I had a chance to meet him a few times, and what an awesome dude. And then uh, you hadn't really said anything about, you know, Coach Radcliffe. I know, I know Coach Radcliffe was, was kind of ahead of his time, you know, as a strength coach out there. I know, obviously, you know, the, the Oregon way of, of training and the way of, of kind of analyzing and looking at things was also, you know, kind of against the grain. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys trained, how you guys developed, and then, you know, how your guys' practices went when you were playing there? Yeah, their strategy, you know, was bullets over bowling balls. So they wanted, you know, us to be as mean as possible, especially as old linemen. Uh, at the time, I was, whew, I was a big dude. And me and Kyle Long were probably the two biggest, heaviest on the roster. Um, and we were both. I mean, he was, Kyle was built different than I was, but genetically. Uh, but I, I was, I was big. So it took me a while to, like, my first year when I got there, this all ties into that because I was kind of like, you know, hey, if I come in here and I'm the strongest guy, I'm like just brute strength. It's kind of what got me through junior college and got me to the level I was at. I'm like, man, brute strength is going to get me there. So I'm like, I show up, I'm like, brute strength is going to work. Well, you go through the warm up at Oregon and brute strength is gone. It's over. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're running on, you're running on fumes and adrenaline at that point. So, you know, I learned really fast that it can't just be brute strength. I can't just be, this big, you know, and be kind of, I mean, I was pushing, I must've been three, probably 340 at some certain point in that offense at that lightning speed. I mean, I was, man, I was slow off the ball. I was behind the, behind the chains, you know, and uh, well, it helped me red shirting too. Cause then I really got to spend time with coach Rad and he really, you know, me and him, like I was the guy that was in the weight room for the extra 30 to 45 minutes every day afterwards and I was doing the bodybuilding list because, but again, I didn't know anybody. That's what got me there. So I just thought if I'm the biggest guy here, the strongest guy, then that's going to get me on the field. And he keeps saying, Hey man, look, you got to focus on this. You got to focus on these speed movements. You got to, don't worry that you only, you know, back squatted 275 for this, this type of a squat today. It's about the depth and it's about the speed you're coming out of it. And I'm like, dude, stack on the weight, you know? Um, and he was the opposite. He's like, look, that'll come just work on, you know, I want this. He, he was big on the speed and basically perfecting the movement. Um, and for us, I mean, that's what, that's, that's a big part of how I operate because I still try to like lift with my players and, uh, train with them as much as I can. And that's a big part for me is, Hey man, any of us could throw on that much weight, you know, and fail at it or get a half rep, but let's make sure that, you know, weight's moving properly. Coach Rad just had a totally different – it's almost like the nation was moving in, in one direction, and it seemed like Coach Rad had an edge, but you trusted him because of his, his, what he's done to people and how people have transitioned their time at Oregon. I mean, you're looking at a bunch of guys that weren't super, super highly recruited that turned into NFL superstars. So you mm -hmm. kind of knew what he was doing was, was – it was the right thing. Um, and it really helped me as an offensive lineman because I really I – I shed a lot of fat. And I became way – just overall strength and the ability to perform, you know, the stuff that we do as O-linemen every day in the third and the fourth quarter at high tempos. Um, and I think that's what really helped me the most about him. And you just really had to trust what he was doing to you because, I mean, I can't – I could sit here probably for about, about three hours and describe to you the stuff we had us doing. I mean, from the core workouts, the, the mobility stuff we did, the flexibility, the stretching. Um, you know, I mean, there's a hundred different things. He was just way ahead of it at the time. How long did it take you to, to buy into that, Coach? I mean, that, that, that's something that has gotten you so far in life. 
uh, and then you've got a guy there telling you, no, that's not the way to do it. Um, but it's gotten you where you've gotten. So how long or, or what, what's the thing that, that puts that over the edge? Because I think that we see a lot of kids, maybe not in high school, but probably in college too, that, that think that same way. I, I've played this way and it's gotten me here. Um, and, and it takes them a little while or it takes them something before they really trust that guy. What was, what was that um, process for you? I think the, the, the day that I clicked as a player, the day that I clicked, and I will never forget this, Coach Austin, who's the O-line coach at Nebraska, was the GA at the time. And I remember because I think we were like number one, number two in the nation, somewhere in there. I don't remember what it was. We were going into a game, and we all thought we were hot stuff, you know. And uh, he's kind of like – I remember because he brought in this – it was NFL – it was end zone tape for an NFL. I think it was the Texans O-line. Um, if I remember right, and the speed at which they were playing, and he let it run. He didn't make a cut up. He let it run, and he was like, you know, you guys think you're good. Watch this, and how fast those guys were coming off the ball, and the people they were blocking at that tempo. And then what amazed me was, I mean, you had tackles that were running pin and pull and running 20 yards down the field, you know, taking safeties, mm-hmm. and then right on the ball, and then they're, I mean, they're running wide zone cutting off backside threes that are trying to run through their face mask and you're the tempo at which they were going. And I remember clicking to myself, I said, I will never be able to do that at this size or this weight. Like I, I just can't do that. I'm not, as, I, obviously my genetics are different and everyone's, that's a big thing. No, everyone forgets about genetics, but mine are different. I'm more of, I was a bigger, super broad chested, kind of like a lumbering, you know, heavy walker. And so I kind of like, man, I, I really need to work on my feet, the speed at which I move, how fast I can get off the ball, and how I can sustain these drives. And then that kind of tied back in with Coach Rad and what he was trying to get us to do. And then, I, you know, I figured out one day because Max Unger, who was the center of Oregon, who wore number 60 um, previous, and when I got there, I wore number 60 for my dad and because I was a Max Unger fan. But um, – when I showed up, I remember Max, he came, he was playing for the Seahawks at the time, I believe, and he was in the weight room. And I saw him, and I was like, man, this, he's a big dude, but he wasn't like – he didn't look like a bodybuilder, if you, if I could say that. He, he didn't have the big arms, you know, didn't have the features that you would see on like a jacked, you know, big, big dude. And I kind of saw him, and then I, I know how he played, and I watched his tape. I studied him all, all, all the time. I saw how he run. You should see that guy pull up center. It's amazing. If you ever want to watch Tate pull up his tape, even from Saint, doesn't matter. Late in his career, he's running like crazy. And I remember seeing his body, and I'm like, man, I really don't need to be, you know, this this big and this kind of robotic uh, and strong. I can be like him and use my more of a a functional movement, and that's kind of really what changed my game, my mindset. And it was just kind of like me growing as a player and understanding like where. Because I could now see the best people at the craft being at the highest level doing it, then I could I was trying to I was trying to you know simulate that in my training and my mindset when I watch Inside Zone. So like I'd watch Inside Zone, I'd watch me doing it, and then I put a clip of my favorite NFL guard doing it, and I'm like, man, I got I got I got to go faster. I got to get off the ball faster. I got to check my gap faster. I'm taking way too long. I'm I'm, I'm being way too reactive I'm just kind of like out here in space my hands are all wide and I kind of watch that and I highly recommend that because and that's something I believe in and I will never stop doing is watching NFL tape 
Um, I want players to watch it. I want them in cutups where they can see it at the highest level and they can really gauge because they can watch themselves. They think about how many times our players watch themselves on tape. And then all of a sudden now they see a guy that they've idolized or they've watched their whole life doing it at a, at the same, that end zone camera, the same angle, but way faster. And you're kind of like, okay, I got, I got to speed it up. And so it's almost that out of body experience where you see something and you have that awe moment. You're like, oh, got it. That's what I need to do. So for me, that's my biggest – that was what changed my life and my game and it's something I'll never forget. And I'll always include NFL clips in my cutups for sure. Coach, I love this conversation just because I think, you know, and obviously when we started the podcast, you know, a few years back now, it's kind of been a renaissance of, you know, offensive line play. And you've said it a bunch of times. It's, it's got to be faster. It's got to be more explosive. It's got to be quicker. I've got to be more athletic. And I feel like, you know, prior to a lot of these, you know, kind of revelations, it, it wasn't that way. And now it is that way. I mean, people refer to it as, as O-line athletes. And I would imagine you're probably doing a lot of that, talking with you guys, the, the guys that you recruit. You know, you're recruiting dudes that are really, really good athletes and then getting them as to the size that you really need them to be at. 100%. Yeah, it's for me, you know, it's 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 way easier to build them up and have to break them down than build them back up. Um, so for me, uh, body-wise, I, I just think that, you know, that, that changed my game. And I think that the, the O-line community, you know, as a whole, when you're watching these guys run and move, you're watching at the highest level in college or in the NFL, um, you're seeing some really, really good athletes that have extremely high motors um, and that, that play through the whistle. And everyone says that, you know, play through the whistle and, you know, run and block through the whistle. But then there's no – my my big thing in, in the way I coach is I believe, like, offensive line play, there it's a 360-degree coaching, meaning, like, you got to – not only the kid has to develop in the, in the um, film room, he's got to have that out-of-body experience where he realizes that he's doing something wrong – not just by you saying it 15 times over, he's not getting it, obviously. And then you've got to like really develop them in the off season. Like that's my specialty. If I had to say like one thing I'm really good at is that off season development, because I use myself as a test subject. I did it to myself in a really short amount of time. And I've, you know, ha I had the experience to talk to a lot of really good minds, 50 times smarter than I am as, as an O-line coach and kind of pick and piece and find the formula. And it's worked really, really well uh, for me as a coach. So, and then I believe, you know, lead by example. I, you know, talk about all the time, but, you know, if I'm a player and I see my online coach, I'll never forget Coach Greatwood all the time after fall camp, he'd be in there in the weight room and he was on those, uh, gosh dang, what are those called? Like a V climber. It's like a mountain climber, treadmill thing, where he's climbing up and he kind of looks like an alligator on it. But Oh, yeah, those are climbing. brutal. <laughs> brutal and he's on there and he just got done running with us in practice and doing all this stuff obviously he's not benching 500 pounds but he's in there grinding you know and I respected that as a player and uh you know you always hear the stories about coach Frost you know putting on a helmet and running stuff and scout team same thing so I saw that firsthand as a player I knew how much that affected me so till the day I die or stop coaching which is when I die I'm gonna find a way to be able to train with my players or show them the way of, hey, man, it's not just you out here. I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying I'm, – I'm grinding out here with you. And uh, I think lead by example, that 360-degree approach is the offseason. A lot of people are like, well, it's the offseason now. I'm going to do this or this study, this and that. Well, you know, you, you got a, you got a, a, a lot of opportunity with those players 
what the NCAA allows you to do in that time frame. And you got to really maximize that time, you know, and, and get the most out of them. So I think that's kind of still like the, the one aspect of O-line play that people are starting to scratch on. But it's like, man, you can really take this to the next level if you really, you know, take that full approach of the mental, the physical, obviously the character development and, you know, the techniques and fundamentals and then that weightlifting. I mean, that, that proper speed training, the proper the O-line training, position-specific movements, um, you know, not wasting time in the doing the stuff that you, you're going to do that week on a repetitive basis, uh, front-loaded, back-loaded weights. You know, you've got a ball in front and you've got a band on back. There's times where you need both. There's times where you just need one or the other, things like that, where it's like, you know, hey, think about the movement. I, I thought, I'm not going to lie to you, I invent a lot of my drills because I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me, and it usually works. So I really start to think about them. Hey, man, what, is, what do these guys need? I'm not just going to put them through a gauntlet just because we're out here wasting time. I'm going to make sure these guys are getting something out of this. And I think that's something that a lot of people say, and it's the right thing to say, but it's like, prove it, you know, show me. And that's kind of where I take it. I love it. Uh, you, you say a bunch of people say that. I, I don't – we've talked to a lot of guys, and, and I don't think we've heard it very often. Um, and, and it's kind of the way that, that we've been been leaning as well is, is being able to – at least that's the way that, that I lean. I try to as a coach is, is – you know, like you said, I, I've, I've been an offensive lineman and I've been through a lot of what, what I deemed pointless drills pointless that I didn't think were yeah. getting me any better. But everyone was going through these four drills uh, and it was a waste. And maybe it wasn't a waste of time, but it, it feel, felt like it was to me um, to where I like to be able to watch film or watch practice and see, OK, we're not very good at this or this guy is not very good at this. What's something that is going to isolate that? and make that one thing better. Like you said, at times you're even, um, I'm sure, creating your own, like you said, uh, drills. I mean, it's not just pre-made drills. What gets us specifically better and isolates this one thing, uh, and it may have to be a, a drill you make up, uh, you know, the night before that you're thinking about how to isolate it. And then you, you use it, and, and it works really well, and use that for a few weeks until you get that thing fixed. 100%. Yeah, that's it. That's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Everyone has their own formula, you know, and there's a lot of guys that have way higher titles than I do. Respect the heck out of them, but it's worth what works for me, and I just believe that, you know, that's what – if I'm a player, that's what I want. I think of it all the time as a player's perspective. What do I want as an O-lineman? I want to get better. I want to improve in my game in more than just physical aspect. You know, I want to be a better person. I want to be a good student, but I, I – you know, if I have a dream of being in the NFL or I have this dream of, you know, graduating and become a doctor, it's like how, at least how can I get there and, you know, how can you help me get there? And then I try to find a way, you know, tailored to everyone individually, you know, and you can, for example, in practice when you have, you know, a lot of people will split out centers, guards and tackles and uh, tackles tight ends. You know, when you're looking at that, well, you know, there's there's times on days where I know we're playing a team with an amazing speed rush. I mean, un, you know, just fire-breathing dragons on the edge. And I'm like, hey, man, can I get the scout team running back so I can work speed off the edge so my tackles can just see that I'm working that point, you know, that point no return. And, hey, can I, can I work this landmark with these guys and give me some speed to see? Because if they just see it all the time, the tackles see it with the guards holding the bag, well, my guard that runs a four, you know, a five, six, forty, top in, no pads on, that ain't a good look, 
you know? So right. just designing things like, even like that, this is so simple. That's like, wow, I should have done that. You know, makes sense. So uh, realistic stuff. That's not, I don't like to bang the players up in practice, um, you know, but just, just ways to, you know, progress as a, as a young coach, I'd say, looking at myself, um, you know, it just find, just continue to find those edges that can help our guys out. And it, it works. So. You've mentioned it a couple of times, you know, that, that people have different genetics. And so um, I, I'm assuming that's something that, that you look for and, and talk to your guys. Is that something that you talk to your players when they come in? I mean, when you get the big barrel chested kid that loves to be a, an Olympic weightlifter and, and then you talk to him about, you know, speed and, and, you know, slumming down and different things. And then you're going to have different conversations with the, the converted tight end that's uh, ultra athletic, but, you know, maybe only weighs 250, 260. Is that something that you uh, make a point of emphasizing to each individual kid, uh, you know, about their uh, unique genetics? I think that, I think what I do more of is I talk to people as, you know, we're going through a drill and I can tell that physically this, this player can't do something, like literally cannot. Like the maximum potential that I can give him is making him elite at at least getting this block done. I know that he can't physically do something. I got to find a way to like, for an example, very simple example. Um, you know, you're, you're running, let's just stick on the inside zone, running inside zone, right? And I got a guard that, that just cannot take a step front side and bang back to bury his shoulder in there and create a, a vertical double team with the center. Can't do it. He just can't go right, left, his feet get crossed up. Well, you know, that might be that big barrel chest of guy that, that can't really, his feet don't, you know, match very well, um, you know, different speeds in his upper body. Well, how about I do this? How about I fold that guard, you know, pull that center around, create a natural running lane to the running back, and it kind of creates uh, a crease in the defense rather than just a wave, a, a wash of, of humans in a two-yard gain might spring that into a 15-yard gain, an explosive play. And it's a, something as simple as that that I learned while we were at Oregon, um, you know, that could help that guy. So I don't really talk of it as like, hey, you're never going to do this. Because if someone told me that, I would, it would just, I, I would, because people told me I wasn't going to do any of this my whole life. I mean, I was not supposed to do any of this. And it just fueled my fire. But everyone reacts differently. I never want to tell someone, hey, genetically, you can't do this. But at the same time, you know, what God gave you is what you got. Let's make the best out of it. And you're going to be really good at this, this, and this, and let's improve you on this. Try to look at it more as like, hey, let's be realistic. Let's have a one-on-one, -on -one, sit down, talk about what you can do, with what I think you can be better at. And then, hey, look, this right here, this is hard for you. So, hey, let, let's fold these instead of double teaming. these. How's that sound this week? Perfect, coach. Makes a lot of sense. Great. We're in agreement. Um, you know, things like that to where I'm not like, hey, genetically, you can't do, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. No, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my approach on that from that angle. Coach, I, I watched you guys, you know, obviously a lot. You know, our, our head coach, you know, used to coach at UNI, so he's a big fan. Um, you know, Coach Nelson and, and Nick Nelson both are huge UNI guys, so you get a chance to watch it. And I'm always impressed with, you know, the, the way that you guys can, you know, kind of – you almost kind of change midstream. You know, maybe you have an injury or somebody's out, but you guys, you guys are always so good at adapting, you know, whether it's one run scheme, a different run scheme, you know, a goal line package. You know, some games you'll, you'll throw for five touchdowns, but you guys have always kind of predicated on, you know, quote, finding a way to win. You know, what do you guys kind of attribute that to? And 
And how is that something you guys kind of address, you know, maybe as a staff or with your players? I think that none of us have big egos, you know, and, and uh, even from a run game perspective, you know, everyone, you know, obviously we want to run the ball, but if there's something that gives us an advantage in the play action game or the passing game or the RPO PRO game, it's like, Hey man, let's take that this week and let's make that, you know, our, our staple because in my opinion, I really honestly do not care about stats. I could care less. All I care about is wins, and it's only winning for those kids, you know, because they deserve it, how much work they put in. And so for me, you know, I don't have an ego with anything. Like, I'm not trying to, well, it, it ain't going to work this way, so let's add another body to the box, and let's add another another one to the box, you know. Or it, to me, it's like, hey, w- you know, what are they giving us? What's working, you know, and how can we build off that and make this package successful? And then we can get back to our DNA. And we can get back to what we do. And there's and there's games, coach. Honestly, where I we're we're just like, all right, screw it. This is what we're gonna do. We're hard headed with it, you know. And uh, but you know, it all trickles down from Coach Farley. I mean, he knows how to win, obviously. And you know, that's his mindset too. He doesn't care about stats. He cares about wins, wins and losses. So for us, I mean, it kind of that rubbed off on me a ton when I got there as a young coach. Because you know, as a young coach, you come in like on fire, and you're like, we're gonna do this, this, and this. Well. I kind of came in with a different aspect. I, I came in and was quiet, you know, to, at the start, just kind of absorbed everything around me, kind of read the room, and then kind of, hey, look, I know that we don't, we, this is the mission is to win here. Let's find a way to win. You know, I, I'm not going to be that guy that's, you know, selfish in any way because it's not about me at all. Zero percent is about me or any of us coaches, to be honest with you. I, I'm just 100% players coach. It's all about the kids. So find a way to win for them. I love that. It's obviously um, why we're all supposed to be in this this whole deal uh, in the first place. So, Coach, going back to, you know, you're in high school. You don't really start playing until you're a junior. Uh, and so you get probably under-recruited or, or maybe aptly recruited because you weren't playing at, at the time much. But how do you as a recruiter go out and, and try to find those kids or, or do you try to find those kids or what are you looking for uh, recruiting, trying to find those kids that have been overlooked? I mean, you know, for, for, for me personally, it's, it's more about the room and the guys we have, you know, trying to build on the room. It's not really a, you know, everyone has what they look for, but at the same time, from my perspective, it's more of, Hey, you know, this is, you know, what, this is kind of the brand, the, the people that we have in the room. This is what we, what we're going with. This is the, the type of offense we're going to run. And then it's, to be honest with you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big a big part of O-line players' mentality. And I look for more mentality than I do uh, anything else because if they, if they don't match my fire, my passion, the guys in the room's passion, it ain't going to work. It just ain't a good fit. So is that something that you just find by, by watching on, on tape and then getting to talk to those kids? Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, obviously interacting with them and find out what what really makes a tick you know that goes for our guys we have on the roster I mean I just I'm always trying to figure out what's you know in, in any business world or you know, any profession you know when you have employees or or other people you have to work with uh, you know you got to figure out what makes them tick why do you do this job you know is it purely for you know if you're taking a business perspective is, is this a salary thing do you love this job you know how long do you want to do this um, and it's the same thing, you know, it's, you know, why do you do this? Do you do it for the fans? Do it for the name on your back plate because you want to represent your family? You don't want to disgrace your family? Do you do it for, you know, you want to make them proud? Do you, do you do it because, you know, 
you just want to go to school and get a degree and you don't even really want to play, but someone made you play, you know what I'm saying? To be really honest with you, I just look for the reason what makes you tick. There ain't nothing wrong with any of those options, but it's, Hey, what makes you tick? You know, and then I try to find out if that matches kind of what our guys, how, how our guys tick. Coach, how involved are you, you know, in the, the off season with your guys' development? Do you guys have kind of an offensive line, you know, a set of drills that you guys do? Do you leave it up to the strength coach? Uh, you know, do you, do you give the seniors or the leaders the, the workouts and things to do? What are some things you're doing kind of in addition to, you know, obviously the lifting and the running that they're doing in the summer? Some addition stuff, you know, obviously with the NCAA being uh, compliant, with the rules um we'll do uh you know obviously they have their own times where the players can only uh can only meet but what i try to do is i try to have a lot of our drills carry over from the fall um that they can do on their own if they need to they're very simple drills like for example a really really easy drill that you can do for your footwork at any level because a lot of people run zone would be if you go to home depot lowe's menards wherever and you get some pvc pipe and you get a four-way connector in the middle of that pipe. And, uh, you know, you cut it probably about, mm, I'd say, two or three feet long each pipe. So you've got four pipes and a four-way connector. And you don't use pipe glue because you want it to come apart if they step on it wrong. But, for example, just having that pipe, you can run your inside zone track by being in the top left quadrant. So in your head right now, imagine you got that pipe that's on the wall. The top left box. Your right foot is three inches by three inches towards the center, towards that PV, towards that cross in the middle of the PVC, and your left foot is staggered, depending if you're a left tackle or a left guard or if you're on the right side, um, off the outside of the pipe to your left, and you're just stepping over that pipe, okay, and you're stepping. Let's go, let's go, in, let's go mid zone, wide zone. So you're not top left quadrant, and you're stepping basically back and to the right. So you're going from quadrant number one to the fourth quadrant, which is bottom right. And that basically simulates that quick drop step, basically losing some depth and then gaining width because you're going to need to overtake a defender. And then your right foot would come back in that first quadrant, not crossing over um, because that pipe won't allow you to, and getting a quick second step in the ground so you're not off balance when you make contact. And then for inside zone, you just take it back a quadrant. So instead of starting that top left, you're starting the bottom right or the bottom left, sorry. And you step over into the back right quadrant and then up into the top left with your left foot as a left guard, left tackle. And you're moving forward and it forces your first step to gain the position you need to, to obtain the block. And your second step has to come forward. You can't understep or false step yourself. You have to move forward. And think about that. That drill right there, PVC pipe, everyone knows, you know, it's simple to get, easy to get. And you can find it. And you know, that's less than $10 to make yourself. And, uh, you know, that right there, you can get a lot of your zone work done and have basically training wheels for your feet that tell you it's almost an auto correction. Hey, I just stepped on the pipe. Guess what? You understepped. You false stepped. You didn't step. You know what I'm saying? Super easy, super simple. I've seen people do it with towels, but I don't, I don't like the mound in the middle with the towel because I don't want them to trip on it. So I like that flat pipe. And then you can do the same thing. Well, coach, I, I don't have uh, a field to work with pipes on. I, I got a, I'm inside in my hardwood floor or I'm at a basketball gym. Perfect. You lay down the same, make the same pipe, but with uh, tape that you take your wrist before you lift, med tape, same thing. You make your, your, your cross and you have basically a kind of auto correction of, Hey, this is my feet. You're supposed to step. So things like that, that are practical that got me to where I'm at today. That's why, you know, even in the time we're in right now, it's obviously, 
you know, we, we need to stay safe. Um, but the things that I was brought up with being in the garage with my best friend training, those types of things carry over, you know, and just having to make the most of what you got and things like that that you have to think about, but they're simple and effective that you'll see us carry on the road every game we play. We'll have the pipes out there every game because it's the, it's the easiest way. It's that's where your foot's supposed to go. And it becomes our, our D-line coach, uh, Coach Pops, probably one of the best in the game. And he talks about his endo is rope. It's almost robotic. It's, it's, it, should, it should be boring because you should know exactly your footwork, the exact angle to get past that tackle where the quarterback's going to set up every time your body just does it. And then you can react to the, to the uh, you know, other factors of, of the play. And, you know, I take that same approach to the line play. I don't want you to have to sit there on a Friday night, Saturday night in front of this many people and be thinking about 1,500 different things, defense making calls, the quarterback's screaming at you, you know, people are yelling from the stands, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, it's inside zone. I got a step left. I got a step, you know, six-inch step. You know, you don't think about those things. It's just a natural reaction. And the more reps you sink into it, the better you are. So I don't want those things – I want those things to be basically our guys have done that themselves, summer, uh, off-season, with or without me, at home, and just basically sucking so many reps into that that it becomes, you know, automatic to them so they can then think about the next – you know, the most important thing, which is the person in front of you or at the second level. So things like that, but training-wise. Another thing that's really good is floor bench. I don't see a lot, you know, floor bench is really good. Think about as, as an old lineman, you don't wind back all the way back to punch somebody. You know, your hand isn't back here by your chest. You know, you've got a tight six to eight inch punch where you're popping that, 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 that thumb, okay, and that hand in that defender's chest might be one hand, might be two, but you're popping it in there on pass and run scenarios, and you got a quick window to get that thing in there, and you better be quick and you better be strong like a cobra strikes, you know, coiled up. Well, the thing is, we don't have time to come out of our stance, pull our arms back, and then strike. So if you lay it on the floor and you just had someone to basically give you the bar, you can do those tight little floor reps where you're, you're extended on a bench press, you let your body flat on the ground, okay, and you're literally just going down and you're just touching the ground lightly with your, with your elbow. I look really stupid right now. I've been in my apartment doing it. But you're, you're laying on the ground and you're just touching your elbow on the ground and then pop, you're firing up out of it. You know what I mean? Things like that that are super simple that, you know, hey, coach, I can't bench. I don't have a, I don't have a, ben, a bench set. Well, do you have a bar? Yeah. you have weights? Yeah, I got a couple. Well, you can do four bench. You know what I'm saying? Easy, simple, done. Dumbbells, you know, same thing. You can do one at a time. One hand, uh, you know, for different types of pass set scenarios, same thing. Um, so, you know, things like that, four bench, grip strength is huge. No one ever, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. I make a lot of those statements, but a lot of people forget about grip strength, you know, in our position. Well, guess what happens? We're legally holding all the time. So you better be able to put your hands in there and leave them in there and be able to throw some people around, throw them out of the bar. And, you you, you know, the grip strength is huge. So getting those five-gallon buckets, filling them up with sand, trying to get to the bottom of that bucket. Um, farmer's walks where you you got the plate in your hand, the, the Olympic plates, the slick plates, you know, uh, plate flips where you're flipping that plate in front of you and catching it with the same hand. Um, things like that are very simple that you can work on that grip strength. And those are the edges, you know, like when I was in college, I used to have those, uh, you know, you can get them at uh, Shields or whatever sporting goods store you have, and those little uh, hand grippers that you pull on. I used to drive when I was driving home 
from Oregon to California to see my family on breaks, I used to have a hand gripper in there. And I'd grip my left hand, do 100 reps, football over to my right hand, do 100 reps there. Super simple, easy, and that's the biggest thing. You start, you know, you're a freshman playing against a senior. What's the first thing? If you pulled a freshman off the field and said, what's the biggest difference that you felt with that guy besides, you know, any other factor? Just what's the biggest thing? Well, guess what it is? It's usually grip strength. Hey, he threw me to the ground. I was leaning. He chucked me on the ground fast. I couldn't grab him. I couldn't hold on to him. I mean, he was just, his body was moving. I couldn't get my hands in there. I couldn't grab anything. Well, guess what? Grip strength. So if you can accelerate that process, that's a super easy thing you can work on and cost you 10 bucks to do. And it's that simple. You know, another example, uh, you know, curling uh, five gallon buckets, fill the five gallon bucket with water that weighs about 42 pounds and that water sloshing around in there. And that thing is unstable to say the least, put a cap on it and like a paint bucket and you do curls with that. You can do reverse curls with your thumb on top of the wire and things like that where you're just basically holding on to a very small object while you're lifting, your strength is going through the roof. Um, so things like that were, that we work on, you know, and those guys can do it at home. It's those extra things that I try to, like, get into the routine to take it to the next level because relatively, if you're to the nation, everyone's doing similar, very similar things, you know, training-wise. I mean, people, you got your, your, your big lifts. And then you've got your, your uh, extra lifts that you're doing. But then there's those things that, if you think about online play, that need to be developed, um, that you can tell them what to do. I think that's a big advantage for you as a, as a coach. I love it, Coach. And, and, and I think that the, the biggest part of that is some really great drills. And, and it sounds like it's because, uh, you know, some things that you did so you could do it on your own. But they're drills that guys get to just go do on their own. I mean, things that – if guys really want to be great, you've given them these things. Here, here's a PVC pipe. Here's how you can be as, as great as possible by doing these on your own. This is how you check it. Uh, I, I personally love the PVC pipes. We use them uh, at Broken Arrow. We don't have the T the pipes, but we just put the pipe over uh, the 30-yard line, and that makes that T that you're talking about. And we talk about the quadrants yep. as well, and it's it's great for our kids. And like you said, it starts to get boring, but – the cool part of it to me uh, uh, with younger kids is now my like seniors get to turn around and now they get to coach my young kids that go through the pipes as well. So they're not just learning it on their own and seeing it when they, when they do it wrong, they get to turn around, they get to be a coach. They get to think about it in a totally different um, mindset than if they were just doing it themselves. They gets them in a leadership role. Um, everything about that, I, I, I really love. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes because you, you might make a sheet for those kids, especially when you can't be around them, and it says do this, 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 and this. And then they don't have any of the equipment to do that, or they're in their hometown and they don't, they, you know, they're sort of limited. Um, but if you give them those, like, easily accessible things and you kind of make it to, hey, this is why you do it, um, you know, I feel like a lot of those kids really buy into that and then they'll take it to the next level. Um, and I, things like that, just like you're saying, Coach, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like it's robotic, but at the same time, it's what they need. And so the last thing they need to be thinking about running inside zone is where their foot goes. Because they, if they're thinking about that, and they're on the field, whew, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a long game. So um, same thing, you know, if you're thinking about a pass set and you're thinking about where you put your foot on your first kick, I mean, it's like, whew, man, you got a tough, tough deal. That's another thing you can do with 
you know, cones and things like that is I try to visually give those guys that out-of-body experience where they, they see the line that the DN sees, especially on like a speed rush, and they can see what he's looking at and the point of – I call it the point of no return where he's going to give you a move. I mean, you beat him to that spot or you you make him that – you're on the inside eye of that spot, he's going to do something. It's either going to be around you, through you, or inside you. And you got to really find a way to to you know I do I use a uh, I I'll use a band where I'll guide them on the lines and a, a, a resistance band where I'll pull them actually and get, and get them in their set quicker than they normally could. It's like the same thing with uh, sprinters when they hook them into the treadmills that run faster than they can actually run and they have the harnesses to pull them up when they fall. Same thing. It's getting those guys moving a little bit faster than they thought they could. That's what made, that's what Jimmy that's what Coach Radcliffe did does. At Oregon, we used to run sprints training for pro day, and he had a pulley system where you had a guy, you had a guy with a with a pulley in front of you, about 30 yards in front of you. You were wearing a uh, harness that was pulled in with a rope that was through the pulley, and there was a guy behind you that was pulling it, and he was basically pulling you faster than you could almost run from the start, and it made me way faster, way faster. It was the same concept, but going backwards, um, and then setting those points to hey, look, if you're doing a jump set, this is your point. If you're doing a you know, a, a quick set, this is your point. If you're doing a, a slight vertical set with a wide nine, this is your point. This is where he's looking at, and this is where you should know. Your body at this point should know, feel where you're at. And I'll make them set and stop at times. I, hey, stop. And I'll say, okay, look at you in, re- in relation to the quarterback, see where he's at, because he just took his drop, and now he's stepping up to make a throw, and you're, you're a yard behind him. So what do you think the DN's going to do? So I try to have those experiences, and then I, I'll go up there and show them and actually do the drill myself. So they can see me do it and they can go, okay, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. That makes sense. You know, instead of just kind of that, well, I can't get there fast enough. Well, change the set line. You know what I mean? It's the angle of which you're setting and it's the angle of which he's rushing. So I try to just give them the same thing with the PVC pipes. So I try to set those cones, those pipes, those barriers that kind of, hey, this is where you're supposed to step. Step like this every time and you will be at least correct in your footwork. And then the rest of it is up to the play. Sometimes they're schemed up better than we are. Sometimes we're schemed up better than they are. You don't, you don't know what's going to go on. Coach, you've mentioned, you know, Coach Pop, and, uh, you know, in my estimation as well, you know, one of the best D-line coaches in the country. You know, what are some things you've been able to kind of take away from him, you know, e- either from picking his brain, obviously, in the offseason, or, you know, working together, working against each other and competing? And I'm sure he's got some some awesome pointers for offensive linemen, especially, you know, in pass sets and pass protection, being, you know, an NFL defensive player of the year and a, and a sack artist like he is. And, and he does a great job training those guys, too. Yeah, my my the biggest thing I do with Coach Pop is I cheat and I listen to what he's telling the DNs. So, like, when we do pass rush, I'll stay on his side, on the defensive side. And after we'll do a rep, I'll make my corrections. And then he'll be talking to the DN and I'll kind of, like, listen in. Uh, okay, that's what you're looking for. Got it. And I just kind of learned from him in that way. Um, but the thing that the thing that Coach Pop brings to the table, obviously, is experience. He coaches the exact same way I do, where you know he's telling you exactly what worked. He, he can. One time, me and him were driving, and we got lost for three hours because I started talking about different offensive tackles in the NFL that I looked up to that he went against, and he was telling me stories about those guys, and we went the wrong way for three hours in a car and uh zoned That's out awesome. I mean, we're both like we're both like that type that built that way and he's telling me about oh yeah i went against this guy and i'm like what you went against him what was oh yeah i got a sack on first play of the game because of this i'm like man so kind of i respect him more than more than i mean i can't even describe 
to you how much I respect him, but I listen to what he tells them, and I kind of use that in my and, and I tell the old lineman, this is what the DN is looking for. This is my big thing too is teaching the teaching the offensive line because old linemen are you know fire breathing, bad dudes, downhill. I mean, just getting after people. I love that. But at the same time, hey, let's tune into what they're doing. This is a this is a structure of defense. All of our old linemen understand safety rotation. They understand blitz patterns. They understand coverages. They understand eligible blitzers, um, things like that. Where it's hey, this guy can't blitz because he's got nobody over the top. He can't blitz. That simple. Or why did that guy move from a two eye to a tight shade? It's pretty obvious. He wants to get across center space because he wants to cross face, and they got pressure coming that way. And those are your indicators. We go through all those different indicators, those slight differences that people don't pick up on a ton. But it's it it is it is a great indicator for us. And those things that Coach Pop with Coach Pop will teach him, they'll be to break those indicators. And I'm kind of like I'm always on his side of the ball, listening to what he's saying because with being around someone like that, if you're if you, if you're not absorbing what he's saying, you're foolish as a player or a coach. Foolish. And and anything you're doing. Leadership, the stuff that he gives our players about becoming better men and leaders, I'm on it. I'm reading those books. I'm listening to what he's saying. I'm, I, I want to be in those meetings because I, I want to be a better man too, you know, far far from perfect. So things like that where I'm always trying to tune into what he's telling those guys, you know, from a football and a life perspective, kind of how he made himself because he's got a crazy story too, how he did it. So I really respect him and kind of really tune into what he's saying and telling those guys. Coach, so, so um, you know, kind of outside of football, um, there's going to be, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys that, that look up to you um, as far as you were, you were a guy that even though your parents kind of thought uh, uh, it sounds like maybe you were crazy or making the wrong decision, you still went after it. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be kids out there um, or maybe even coaches that are listening right now that kind of are, are thinking that same thing. Like they've got this big dream, but – it would be crazy for them to take that GA job and, and, and lose all the money that they have, you know, or, or whatever that situation. Uh, if anyone comes up to you with that type of a question, what, what's your, what's your um, I don't want to say answer, what, what's your advice to, to somebody like that? Well, I mean, even from my perspective, you know, I had been in the oil business. I was working, uh, you know, there was days I was managing the West Coast for a, for an oil field company in uh, California and I was waking up at shoot three, four AM trying to get onto different types of, you know, drill sites and things like that, because I needed to get to work early so that I can end early so I can go to the junior college and work out with my guys first and then be able to coach them and then go home and game plan because I was the O C two um for a year. So I had to really put my time into those guys because they're putting their time in. And you know, people would tell me all the time, like, you're, man, you're, you're a good coach, you're a hard worker, but, you know, it's too bad you didn't GA, you know, I'm like, hey, man, if I'm, if, if this is how I'm built, and I really want to do this, they'll find me, you know, they'll, I'll, I'll make sure that they know who I am. And I'll make sure that's through the product of what I'm kind of what I'm doing, and not just me just barking about it. And, you know, that was what I kind of said to myself, because there's plenty of people who told me like, you'll never coach. You're, you're, you're a really good coach, but there's no way you're too, you're 20, what was I, 28, 28, and you hadn't, you didn't GA, you can't do this. I'm like, man, I, I, man you know, you, you guys are falling to the way of what everyone, you know, kind of the, what you're supposed to do. 
and I just wasn't I, my whole life. I was never, it was never the right way. It was always the hard way, I guess. So I was kind of like, well, Hey man, I did it from a garage. I can do this too. And so I just kind of had that resilient mindset of like, Hey, you know, it's, it, you know, I think in my opinion, if you want it bad enough and it's your goal, I mean, set all your, put all your chips on the table and go for it. Because at the same time, I never wanted to look back and be, you know, at, you know, in my deathbed thinking to myself, man, I really wish I would have coached college football because I love that. You know what I mean? And I had that realization. And uh, to be really honest with you guys, I'm, I mean, this whole time I've been 100% honest. I mean, I took a huge pay cut from doing what I was doing. And I'm like, I didn't even know if I could make it financially. Because I was like, man, I, you know, I got, I'm going to have to sell the house, sell the truck. So I had, you know, sell all this stuff and move, you know, and it's not that easy to do that in two weeks. And, you know, I just, one night I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it because I'll never get this opportunity again. And, uh, you know, this is my passion. This is what wakes me up in the morning. And if that's, if that's how you feel about coaching off the line, I would do it hundred percent. I would do it a hundred times over. I would do it even if my path is worse than that because it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, uh, every day waking up and you're, you know, you got this room of 20 guys looking up to you. They're just trying to get better and they want to, they want to be, you know, they want to get to the highest level and you're the guy that gets to guide them to do that. Man, there's no better feeling in the world because I know that all my efforts in researching and listening to online clinics and podcasts, and everything I can do about O-line play, listening to these amazing O-line coaches talk at the highest level and absorbing that, I know that it's not for nothing because my players are going to appreciate it and they're going to, you know, it's going to make them better. So if I had to tell anybody in that path, you know, hey, I would tell them to do it 100 times over. And it was easier for me. I didn't have a – I don't have children or family, um, you know, immediate uh, family. But at the same time, man, you can make it work. I mean, there's it's there's some – the people that I've been surrounded by being at UNI, the coaches that I've been surrounded by, I've learned so much. I mean, my football IQ has expanded times 50 because when I got here, it's like, Hey man, I got this Oregon system down. I'm ready to roll. You guys watch us, you know, on the Rose bowl. I mean, this, this, this thing's crazy. But at the <laughs> same time, you gotta, you gotta have the players to do that. You know, it's, it's a whole different, that's a whole different world, you know? And and so I'm like, okay, now I got to adapt. I got to learn this. I got to learn, you know, different things. I'm never afraid to learn. And I'm not afraid to say I don't know anything. So I'll go into rooms and just teach me. And uh, I think that's even, to, to go back to that point, that's what makes Coach Pop great because here's me, a 28-year-old kid sitting in a room with a pro bowler, okay, defensive player of the year. And he's, so we're sitting there and we're watching film late at night, 8, 9 o'clock at night. Uh, of O-line play, and I'm telling him the O-line calls. Because think about this. How many times O-linemen, as coaches, you can sit there and watch other teams' O-lines and call out everything. That's center back split protection. That's this. He's making that call because it's mm-hmm. three-man slide. You know what I mean? And so he recognized that, and he's going, hey, let's watch film together. Teach me what they're doing. And I think that's, like, what makes him tick, too, and what makes him an elite coach is because he's – you know, I should be, I'm the one that's begging him for help. And then he's sitting over here like, yeah, okay, now you help me watch this. So um, things like that where, I don't know, I get really pumped up and juiced up, but I'm excited. I've literally walked like 18 circles around my apartment. It's really small. But at the same time, I'm super excited because, you know, if, if there's somebody listening to this right now that's like, man, I don't know if I should do it. This guy kind of sounds a little crazy. I would do it, man. It is worth it. Every, every 
cent that you might lose out on, every opportunity, the years you might spend grinding and making it to the top, it's worth it, 100%. I would do it. But you have to be built for it, too. You know what I mean? Like, you have to – it has to be what wakes you up in the morning. It can't be like, man, I don't like this, so I'm going to try that. It's it's like, no, I woke up with a burning passion that this is not what I want to do in life. I want to do that. I'm going to find a way to do that. And I don't care how long it takes me. I don't care where I'm coaching. I don't care how many people are in the stands listening to – you know, watching the games. I'm not here for any of that. I'm here for the players. I'm going to find a way to do that. And for me, it was coaching college football because I, I just love it. I love the players, love everything about it, the atmosphere, game days, the, the rivalries, you know, the pregame warm-up. I mean, all of it. I lose my mind in pregame warm-up. I'm like, I'm like a loose cannon out there, you know, but, but it's just like that feeling, you know, you can't replicate it. To me, honestly, coaching is better than playing because, you know, it's not just like not – any more of it it's like a hey look at these guys look at look at look at how good they are and it's like man you know now i gotta take this to the next level how what else can i do to make these guys you know and i love to see them get that recognition like hey man these guys are kicking butt and it's like how else can i get this this thing fired up so um it's just a whole different it's almost like if you're i'm not a parent but i could imagine like if you're if you have a kid who's doing really good you know and you're super proud of them mm-hmm. that's how i feel man i got like 20 kids that are like kicking kale and i'm like let's go you know what i mean losing my mind like this is awesome so that's what makes me tick you know everyone's different but um it's 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 a lot it's a lot more fun i wake up at 4 a.m every day for football and not bat nine i wouldn't eat just go in the office and go i love it i you know you can you can definitely tell your passion for the game coach there's no no denying that no questioning that uh, i feel like i can i can watch you uh you know walking around pacing around the the uh, the apartment right now so um it, it's pretty obvious for everyone listening to you but uh now kind of coming up on an hour last thing uh, i always like to ask coaches is when you're watching another team's offensive line what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach i think that the 100 percent that's a great question and what i do is i study a ton of different teams what i i see is you'll see teams scheme to scheme the, the aiming points and the get-offs and the footwork to get there, you know, everyone's coming off at the same time. They all understand that, you know, on this power play, this counter play, or the zone, our exact aiming points, you can see that uniform movement. Um, and then the, the, you know, especially in pass pro, you see guards and centers that are reactive and they can come off quick and they understand where the games are going. You can tell that they've really been trained well to know, hey, you know, this is what the defense is trying to do to you rather than just, you know, we're all bullies in this game playing all line. You know, that's kind of how we, we are. But you see those guys that are playing really smart football. And you can tell when you watch it, an old line that's kind of in uniform and they're all doing the same thing. There might be some physical limitations between people, but they're all coming off at the same time. I mean, they're all, all five are moving in the same direction. The tight end is the extension of the old line. He knows what's going on. He's adjusting well. You know, because the tight end coach and the O-line coach work really close together in the run schemes. And that's kind of what, when I watch teams play, I'm like, man, those guys, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's like they're coming off the ball quick, fast. They know exactly where they're going. Their footwork looks the same. Um, you know, they know. And another thing, too, they know where the running back's trying to go. Because a lot of times the O-line coaches are kind of like, yeah, you know, let's make a hole of this and that. Well, you see a lot of uh, guys also – you know, that, that are taught, a lot of old linemen know where the ball, they, they know exactly if it's a, 
if it's a reverse, you see that backside tackle snaking past the DN and then capping off a, a linebacker trying to flow across the top, things like that where you can you really can tell that they understand where the ball is going to probably end up. Uh, I think those are some pretty good tells, and there's some really good O-lines up there studying. That's, that's what I've been doing a lot is just studying other people's uh, O-lines and how they run and move. And Even in our conference, there's a lot of good O-lines in Missouri Valley, so it's pretty fun to watch. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.